in recent history, Christmas has become a time where goodness is rewarded. Only good children, after all, receive gifts. And as we all know, bad children receive lumps of coal. But this is clearly out of step with the actual message of Christmas. This evening, we consider how the birth of Christ was a gift for a great sinner named Judah, who had actually been dead for 1,500 years. Have you ever noticed how Judah's name pops up in so many of the Christmas lessons, many of the readings we just heard of? Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be numbered among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel. In Luke 2 we read, Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea. That's just the Greco-Roman way of speaking of Judah. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. In Matthew 2, Judah's name appears four times. For example, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Clearly, the scriptures are associating Jesus Christ with Judah. And as we uncover the significance of Judah, a recipient of God's gift, it brings hope to sinful little boys and girls and to sinful big boys and girls that the great Christmas gift, Jesus Christ, is freely given to us. Let us begin by recalling Judah's great sin. Genesis paints a portrait of Judah's sin in five distinct episodes. First, Judah was greedy. When Judah's brother Joseph was in the pit and they were planning to murder him, Judah's mind was somewhere else. It was on money. And Judah declared, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Judah preferred money to his very own brother. Second, Judah disobeyed God by marrying a Canaanite, a group of people that was under God's judgment because of their wickedness. Judah's forefathers had all been careful to avoid marrying Canaanites, but Judah threw caution to the wind. Not only did he take a Canaanite wife for himself, but he also took one for his firstborn son. This leads us to the third episode of his great sin. He raised sons that followed in his wicked footsteps. Not only did they marry a Canaanite, but his oldest two sons were destroyed by the Lord because of their great sin. They walked in the ways of their father. They walked in the ways of the Canaanites. Fourth, Judah was a liar. When his oldest two sons had died, he had the obligation to care for his widowed daughter-in-law, Tamar. He had the obligation to give her in marriage to his third son, but he refused. He lied to her. 
He sent her back to her family, treating her like an unwanted package that's returned to the store. Fifth, Judah was sexually impure. He saw what looked like a temple prostitute on the side of the road and negotiated intimacy with her. This was an act of idolatry, seeing that he thought she served at a pagan temple. And it was an act of adultery. Now, these five things are the only sins we know about. Judah was a great sinner, as great as any one of us. He failed to love his father. He failed to love his siblings. He failed to love his children. He failed to love his daughter-in-law. He failed to love the truth. And most importantly, he failed to love his covenant God. Surely we can see many of these things in our own lives. Thankfully, that is not all there is to the story of Judah. Our second point, Judah's repentance. It just so happened that the cult prostitute was not a cult prostitute at all. It was actually his daughter-in-law, Tamar. The one he refused to care for. The one he returned to the store like an unwanted package. His sin was then exposed because she was found to be with child. His child. This pierced his soul, and he confessed his sin, saying, She is more righteous than I. Finally, he was humbled. Judah learned repentance. This repentance carried into the rest of his life. Whereas he had spent his former life hating his father and brothers, we now find him serving them. When his father Jacob was worried that he was going to lose his youngest son Benjamin, Judah rose to the occasion and offered himself as a substitute for Benjamin. He was ready to give himself up sacrificially. What a change from the one who sold Joseph. He was now ready to sell himself out of love for father and out of love for his brother. The man who spent his life living selfishly in great sin had learned repentance. Not only did he learn it for himself, he then led his brothers in repentance for their sins against their brother Joseph. When the brothers experienced one trial after another during that great famine that took them to Egypt, it was Judah who realized that their various trials were because of their sins against Joseph. In the longest speech recorded in the entire book of Genesis, Judah spoke up and he said to Joseph, God has found out the guilt of your servants. His life had become oriented to the true God, not the gods of the Canaanites. And Judah recognized that he and all his brothers were guilty of great sin, not only against Joseph, 
but against God. Before him, they were all guilty. Can you resonate with Judah? Have you come to discover that all sin against people is ultimately against God and before God's face? Do you recognize that you have fallen far short of his command of perfect love? Do you confess your sins and strive for a new life like Judah? He was guilty of great acts of hatred, in some ways unimaginable acts of hatred, but he turned from that life. Our second point, Judah's repentance. Here in our third point, we come to discover the reason that Judah's name has been associated with Jesus in our Christmas readings. We discover how this repentant sinner received a gift on that first Christmas day. At the close of Genesis, As the very final chapters come to an end, Judah was given this great and glorious promise. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. To him shall be the obedience of of the peoples. Did you hear that? To Judah, sinful Judah, repentant Judah, was promised an everlasting scepter, the ruler's staff. To Judah was promised the obedience of the nations. In other words, from Judah would be born one day the cosmic Messiah. Judah's great, 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 great grandson would become king over all the nations. This promise was not given to the most righteous son of Jacob. If that were the case, it would have been given to Joseph. Instead, God gave that precious promise, and then in due time, the precious gift to a great sinner, to a repentant sinner. He gave it to Judah. Do you see just how encouraging, then, it is to read Judah or Judea, his name in connection then with the Christ child, it provides hope to you and to me, great sinners. It tells us that the great gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ, is not for those who have been successful, not for those who have been good for the past year, It is for failures in this life. Yet not just for failures, but for those who have failed and repent of those failures. Recognizing that their sin is not only before men, 
but before God himself. And so I ask you, what do you see this evening when you look at Judah? Do you, like the Pharisee, puff yourself up and pat yourself on the back because you are morally superior to him? Or do you see yourself as in a mirror? What do you see when you look at Judah? Are you emboldened to sin more because you see a sinner receive a gift? Or do you see a model for repentance that no matter how much evil you've committed, there is opportunity to turn from your sin to God your Savior who is pleased to forgive you? The mighty ruler who emerged from the tribe of Judah, who is born of the lineage of David, who is born in the city of Bethlehem, he has come for you with healing in his wings. He has come armed with the gift of forgiveness. In Judah, we see a Christmas present for a bad child. And so may we join with him recognizing our sins and turning from it and receive the same gift he received, Jesus the Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.